I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. Welcome inside another all-star edition of A Call Away. Adam Giardino with you. This week's episode will be a little bit different. We're going to recap the week that was for the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders. Let me hop back a second. I'm Adam Giardino, one of the broadcasters for the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders. In case this is your first episode of tuning in to A Call Away, we'll recap the week that was. We will have three interviews and then our weekly minor league report with updates from around the system all four levels this week we've got charleston tampa trenton and scranton wilkesbury those broadcasters all submitting their reports so we'll have a clean sweep there but the interviews you're going to want to stick around for it's a trio of really really interesting perspectives we've got kyle higashioka who went overseas for the london series but didn't actually get to play. He was the emergency catcher on site just in case something happened to Gary Sanchez or Austin Romine. So we talked to him about what his experience was like. We also have had a couple of rehab appearances by Ben Hellard. So he's coming back from Tommy John surgery on his right elbow. He's looked great. That fastball's gone 94 to 96, and it's a consistent 96. I don't think we've seen him reach back for anything over that, but his 94 to 96 has been comfortable, and the results have been there. So it'll be really interesting to see what the New York Yankees do when you add that name into the fold once he gets healthier and healthier down the stretch here in July and into August. Certainly seems like a guy that's capable of contributing in September might even be capable of contributing before then because his numbers back in 2017 before he had that elbow injury, the numbers were great. And then we also catch up with a guy who's looking to get back up to the big leagues and whose progress might be impeded by Ben Heller looking good early on. Jonathan Holder, who for the last two years, the Yankees and their fans know that Holder has been a real strong contributor to the bullpen. No, he hasn't been Araldus Chapman. No, he hasn't been Zach Britton. Andrew Miller, whatever the name has been over the last couple of years, Dellen Batances. No, Holder's been that next-level guy, but he's been consistent. He's been somebody that, if you're Aaron Boone, you can give the ball to in the middle innings and feel really good about an inning or two from him. But this year, the numbers have tapered off. And so we get to chat with Jonathan about that and what the reality is for him now that he's back in AAA, working his way back up to the big leagues. All of that being said, let's get into the highlights. The Rail Riders enter the All-Star break where the International League coincides with the Major League All-Star break. So as we go live with this podcast, we're in the middle of the All-Star break and action kicks up for the Rail Riders on Thursday, July 11th, just as it does for the Majors, or at least the Astros and the Rangers Thursday night before the rest of the big leagues gets back underway on Friday. But the start of last week featured a sweep of the Pawtucket Red Sox, a team that's down on its luck this year, certainly, but the Rail Riders took advantage. The sweep Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday came to fruition Wednesday with the Rail Riders jumping out pretty early, scoring a run in the second, three runs in the third, opening up a 4-0 lead en route to a 5-3 victory. And the big swing is a guy that we'll hear from later on in the podcast. In the second inning, with one away, it was Kyle Higashioka. Here's the pitch to Higgy. Hard towards right center field, and this is obliterated. 
into the bleachers. Welcome back to America, Kyle Higashioka. Solo blast in the second inning, and Scranton Wilkesbury takes the lead, almost rewriting the script in the same fashion from yesterday. It was Trey Ambergie with one down in the second today, Kyle Higashioka. The Rail Riders returned home the following night on Thursday. That'd be July 4th, so it was a sellout. The place was rocking at PNC Field, and the Rail Riders fell 11-1, allowing a season-high 20 hits to the Rochester Red Wings. So that was the first of five games in four days against Rochester at PNC Field leading up to the All-Star break, and so Friday was the scheduled doubleheader. Game one, Rochester won 4-2, but then the second game of the doubleheader saw Scranton-Wilkesbury tied at one going into the seventh inning with the Rochester Red Wings. The seventh inning is the final inning. In the minors, it's two seven-inning ball games. But then Rochester scored twice in the top of the seventh. Well, that meant it was time for some heroics in the bottom of the seventh. After a one-out single by Billy Burns, Ryan LaVarnway doubled him home. Manager Jay Bell pulled all the right levers. Pinch hitter Kyle Higashioka came to bat. Here's the pitch home to Higashioka. Swing and a missile to left center field on a rope. This one hits the gap and it one hops off the wall. LaVarnway rounds third. He scores. The game's tied and Higashioka, the winning run at second here in the seventh. That tied the game and though Higgy was that winning run in scoring position with just one out, a ground out and a strikeout ended the threat in the seventh. So he jumped to the eighth and Rochester scored three times in the top of the eighth inning, meaning that the Real Riders needed three runs to tie and four to walk off with the win. Well, I'll tell you, the bases were loaded with nobody out. Three runs were already home. The game was tied as six men reached to begin the eighth inning, and the next man up, Ryan LaVarnway. It's a pristine Friday night here in Music. The Rail Riders want a perfect ending to cap a split of tonight's doubleheader. A ball, two strikes. The pitch home to LaVarnway, swing and a jam flare into left field. Wade charges over, makes the catch, sets his feet, fires home. Here comes Ambergie. He scores! Rail Riders walk it off on a sack fly from Ryan LaVarnway. Four runs in the bottom of the eighth make the Rail Riders a 7-6 winner. An incredible comeback, not just once in the seventh, but twice here in the bottom of the eighth. That really turned the momentum in the series, and Scranton Wilkesbury with a boatload of confidence coming off of that Friday win because Saturday it was a rainout, so they had really 36 hours to stew on that victory in a good way, and it propelled them into Sunday. They won the opener of the doubleheader from Saturday's postponement, 6-3 the victory in Game 1, and then Game 2, the Real Riders needed another comeback. They trailed in a seven-inning game, 4 nothing going into the bottom of the fourth. Real Riders got two runs in that bottom of the fourth, so they halved the deficit. And then in the fifth inning, a large inning was swelling after the first three men reached single, single, hit by pitch. But then a pop out, and with one away, it was Tyro Estrada coming up with a big hit. 1-0 pitch to Estrada, gives this one a ride to center field. Kerrigan back, sticks the glove up, and the ball squeaks away as he couldn't hang on down to the ground. Kratz scores from third, around third, Zayner. Right behind him, Rio, three to the plate in time. Wendell Rio is out at home, but two runs score, and the Rail Riders have tied it up at four in the bottom of the fifth. Though Wendell Rio was thrown out at the plate as a potential go-ahead run, that made it two outs in the inning, and... 
Tyro Estrada still stood at second base. Tyler Wade followed with a double. Kyle Higashioka followed that with a double. And the Rail Riders took a lead and grew it more comfortably into what was a 7-4 victory. A doubleheader sweep. And the Rail Riders go into the All-Star break having won three in a row, taking three of five from the Rochester Red Wings. Scranton Wilkesbury five and a half games up in the division, entering the break with 51 games left in the regular season. Throughout those highlights, we heard a name pop up occasionally, and that was Kyle Higashioka. And he was, as mentioned, real privileged to get a chance to go over there with the New York Yankees. Tyro Estrada went over as the 26th man. They also flew over Chance Adams as an extra body as well. So three rail riders missed some time with Scranton Wilkesbury, but boy, did they have a great opportunity to go overseas. And that's where we start the opportunity just to be in London with the New York Yankees. Our conversation with Kyle Higashioka. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, you know, from the from the minute we arrived, it was you, you could tell it was a it was a huge deal. You know, Major League Baseball and the Yankees did a good job putting everything together, and you know, the facilities were great, the the city's great, and um, you know, we had a great time. You were on the Rail Riders roster the whole weekend, but with the Yankees, just in case something happened. How much were you involved? Did they keep you off to the side? You know, were you a part of the team, a part of the festivities? More or less, I was a part of the team. I did everything as I would normally if I was on the active roster. I just knew that I wasn't going to play, but I was still in the dugout. Went to the bullpen, caught some bullpens during the game, so uh, it was it was good. Kind of a whirlwind experience of travel, getting there and getting back. What was one of the first sights you wanted to see or you got to see when you got to London? Uh, well, my wife and I, we uh, took a river cruise, sightseeing river cruise, and then also went on the London Eye, which is the big Ferris wheel. So we got to see kind of the over, overhead views of the city and then, uh, you know, checked out Buckingham Palace. So that was cool. Videos also went viral of the royal family making visits to each clubhouse. I mean, that had to be such a unique experience, uh, something that may never happen again in a lifetime. How much fun was it just to, to be a part of that, to have that London approach to everything that you do? It was awesome. I mean, uh, getting to meet the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, it was, it was awesome. So um, just a really cool experience. Who knows if that will ever happen again in my lifetime, but, you know, it was, it was really cool. Kyle Higashioka, Rail Riders catcher, joining us here on the pregame show. You're back with the club right now, and... Coming up next week, you've got a little more traveling to do. You're headed to El Paso for the AAA All-Star Game. What does it mean to you to be tabbed as an All-Star in the International League based on your body of work this season? Uh, I mean, it's great. You know, I, I couldn't be more excited to, to make the All-Star team. I think that was my goal going into the season. So I don't know how the selection process works, but um, <laughs> I guess thanks for any fans that voted for me. I mean, it's, it's an incredible honor to be a AAA All-Star. The Rail Riders approaching this all-star break, and it's a first-place club. We've got a decent lead right now over Buffalo. How much attention, if any, is being paid to the standings here in July? I don't, I don't even think we're, it enters our mind at all. We just focus on just winning every day, doing what we can, and you know what the other teams are doing, we can't control, so it's, it's probably best that we don't pay attention to them, and uh, we're definitely not. We just focus on you know, trying to win every single day finally for you and i'm going to take you back to london something that adam giardino and i do when we hit the road we find unique places to eat what was the most unique 
fair you had? Did you have the opportunity? Not that English fair is that much different. Was it all fish and chips, or did you find something so very local on your trip? We did try one of the English uh, burger chains called Bleakers. That was that was good. They're good burgers. Also, I had a pork pie, which was tasty. I got to try bangers and mash, which was also pretty good. Ate strawberries and cream, which was really good. Didn't go fish and chips though, because I mean I'm not a big fried fish person. Neither is my wife. But it was it was fun. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Adam Giardino with you back inside A Call Away. We just heard from Kyle Higashioka and his experience going overseas with the New York Yankees to the London series and his experience is an opportunity to represent Scranton Wilkesbury and the International League in the AAA All-Star game. We promised you a conversation with Ben Heller rehabbing his Tommy John surgery and that's exactly what we'll get you. Ben Heller has made several rehab appearances with Scranton Wilkesbury and after a couple appearances with Tampa, a couple appearances with the Rail Riders, we wanted to know from Ben First things first, how is he and his elbow feeling in this process? Yeah, it's feeling good. Um, you know, it's been a long process rehabbing, um, and it's honestly just a lot of fun to get back competing, um, you know, pitching in some games that matter and playing with, with these guys um, here at Scranton. It's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, overall, it's feeling good, and, and I'm just enjoying being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talk about kind of the long process. What has that all entailed for you since, you know, you started throwing again after Tommy John? Yeah, well, nobody really tells you exactly what to expect. You know, every pitcher is a little bit different with their recovery. But the biggest thing that I've learned is that there's just lots of ups and downs. You know, you, you kind of expect the process to go smoothly, but never goes exactly as you expect. So, you know, everybody has little things here and there that might pop up that, you know, maybe are out of the ordinary. Um, but I think if you kind of just have the long, long-term long view in mind right from the get-go, that helps a lot to just stay even keeled through those bumps. What's been the hardest part for you, both physically and mentally, as you've been you know, preparing to come back to where you are now? I would just say being away from the game for so long. You know, I, I missed the entire year last year and a good chunk of this year. And I don't realize maybe how much I enjoy the little things until they're gone. You know, like just being in the clubhouse, being with my teammates every day, having the opportunity to go compete or even to just be in the atmosphere of the ballpark every day is, is a lot of fun. And, you know, you kind of take that stuff for granted during the everyday grind of the season. But looking at it from a distance from the outside in, I, I realize, you know, how much I really love those things. We're here with right-handed pitcher Ben Heller on the pregame show. And you came over to the Yankees a couple of years ago in the Andrew Miller trade, along with a couple of guys who are in the Scranton clubhouse now and J.P. Fireisen and Clint Frazier. What's it been like to be kind of back with those guys after, you know, you guys all kind of went in your separate directions after coming over? I've been friends with those guys, you know, since we got drafted together, really. And it's been cool kind of following both of their careers. And, you know, it's I think the biggest thing for all of us is that 
everybody has a different journey in baseball. You know, like we, we all came over together, but we've kind of gone in different directions, had, had our careers play out a little differently. But at the end of the day, you know, we're all here together just enjoying what we're doing and, and putting in the work. Did you guys keep in touch pretty well while you were all in your separate directions? It's, it's kind of tough in baseball when guys are playing in the season and, you know, I'm rehabbing, but I've stayed in touch with those guys and, you know, my teammates in New York and here as much as possible. You talk about some of the different directions that careers take. You came from a very small school, Olivet Nazarene. What was that like and, and what was the experience of playing kind of at that level versus what it's been now as a pro? Yeah. Well, coming out of high school, they were really the only college that recruited me, um, believe it or not. And I actually loved it. You know, I had a great college experience, met my wife there, made some lifelong friends and just had a really good baseball experience there. And at the time when I got drafted, I, I was really just, you know, hoping for an opportunity to play pro ball. Like when you're in college, you just think about getting drafted. You're not necessarily thinking about making it to the big leagues. And, you know, once I did get that opportunity with Cleveland, um, just putting in the work and, you know, trusting the development process um, has kind of just led me to where I am today. How was it that you went from someone who was really only getting looks from one small school to someone who was getting drafted? How, how did you develop while you were there? Well, I would say, um, you know, sounds cliche, but really just working hard every day. I was pretty undersized in high school, um, a little bit shorter, very, very skinny, scrawny kid. So I put on a lot of weight, a lot of muscle mass, um, you know, lifting weights and just, I guess, taking taking that side of it seriously. And, and that helped me um, have a, a pretty good jump in my velocity, which then kind of leads to opportunities in pro ball. And then once I got drafted, then it, it became more about, refining my command, my off-speed pitches, all that kind of stuff. Back inside a call away, we just heard from Kyle Higashioka, we heard from Ben Heller, and now the third in this three-headed monster of interviews that we have coming your way on a call away this week, and that's Jonathan Holder. Kyle Higashioka, the the tone and tenor of that interview was positive coming back from time up in the big leagues. Ben Heller optimistic about getting back to the big leagues for the first time since 2017. Jonathan Holder heading in a little different direction. The numbers not so good for him up in the big leagues this year. And so back down with AAA and an opportunity for him to sort some things out with pitching coach Tommy Phelps. And that's generally where we start this conversation with Jonathan. The numbers aren't where he'd like them. They aren't where the Yankees would like them. So for Jonathan, we wanted to know where he thought things stood and how he felt about where he stood as he finds his way back to AAA this season. You know, it's never easy, but I understand that it's a developmental process, and uh, when you're not pitching well, you know, you need to get better at something. And I understand that, and I'm here to work and um, do whatever it takes to make it back and be a successful part of the bullpen in, in the Bronx. Such a devastating bullpen that the Yankees have when they're on, and you've been a part of it these last couple of seasons. Is it easy to pinpoint one or two things, or is it just a whole work in progress comparing 2018 to 2017 to 2019? Yeah, you know, it's it's not a big difference. My fastball command is, is really close to being where I want it to be. Uh, my slider is close to being where I want it to be. It's just a, a matter of executing pitches every time that I go out and being focused on one pitch at a time and, and just executing pitches. Talking with Jonathan Holder from the Rail Riders bullpen, you come down here, you're working with guys that you've seen travel up and down with the Yankees this year and Joe Harvey and obviously you've had a lot of Chance Adams, Nestor Cortez and Stephen Tarpley at the big leagues. 
how difficult is it for a pitcher to shuffle like that, to go back and forth? And it's your first time down, hopefully only time down this year, but is that an easy transition? Because you're probably still very amped up to get back to the big leagues, but it seems like the transition has to just kind of wear on guys. Yeah, it does wear on you. I think it's an acquired taste. You, The first couple times that you get sent down is, is tough. But once a guy realizes that, you know, there are things that he needs to work on, and you come down here and you work with Tommy Phelps, who's a great pitching coach, and the skipper here, Jay Bell, you know, you just got to understand that they're here to make you better. And um, I think all of our guys have done a great job going up and, and contributing to the Yankees and coming back down here and working on their craft. Talking with reliever Jonathan Holder. As I walked into the clubhouse, a couple of guys are sitting around relaxing prior to today's game, and TV's on. And listen, MLB Network had trade rumor possibilities, and they were kicking around a Nationals-Yankees trade. And one of the guys listed from the Yankees side of it is in our clubhouse. Is that weird for players, that speculation that names are being mentioned, that's your teammates, your friends, your brothers? Is that just such an odd thing to hear it or see it on TV? No, I feel like it's pretty normal. We're all here just doing our business and performing the best that we can. And what happens in the front offices and, you know, the rumors and such, that's not left up to us. And all we can do is come to the field every day uh, willing to get better and work hard. Finally for you, as we take on the Paw Sox here tonight, Adam Giardino wanted me to ask you about bat flips, your take as a pitcher on bat flips because your alma mater, big hit Mac, I believe it was, Mississippi State versus Stanford, just chucked the bat aside. Your alma mater withstanding, how do you feel about bat flips as a pitcher? You know, I'm one of the rare pitchers that I really don't mind them. You know, there's there's a lot of home runs hit these days, and uh, they're pretty they're pretty rare. I know some guys can get hit 50 or 60 in a year, but you think about if they have 550 at bats, like that's not a lot of homers. So I, I have no problem with a guy admiring the homer as long as he doesn't show the pitcher up in any way. I think it's a fun part of the game, and I think it's also fun. Uh, when pitchers get emotional on the mound. Uh, same thing goes, though, as long as we don't show the other team up and, and show the batter up. But to talk about Big Hit Mac, that was a different situation. I feel like uh, you got to really know that that was his last game at, at that field in front of his home fans, and uh, he was giving the crowd what they wanted, and he had had some big hits a year before to bring him to the College World Series, and I think that was a special way for him to go out. Back inside a call away, we've heard from Kyle Higashioka, we've heard from Ben Heller, and we've heard from Jonathan Holder. Last thing we need to do is hear from up and down the system, down in single A with Matt Dean and the Charleston River Dogs, in high A with Nick Flamia and the Tampa Tarpons, in double A with John Moses and the Trenton Thunder, and right here in triple A with our very own Adam Marco. Without further ado, Matt Take it away. With this look at the Charleston River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. The River Dogs have gone three and four in the past week, including taking two of three in the current series against the Greenville Drive, facing the Red Sox affiliate in a Fenway Park replica in the upstate of South Carolina has been a return to a familiar setting for River Dogs infielder Max Bird. I, I was on the phone with my dad last night, and I'm like, man, this park's beautiful. It, 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 I, and I said to a bunch of the guys, it just smells like Fenway Park with every, with every, everything. I mean, I've been to Fenway a bunch of times, obviously, going to school about you know, a five-minute walk from Fenway. But um, 
Yeah, it's great. I mean, I grew up obviously loving the Red Sox, and my baseball career went, I became more of a baseball fan. But Red Sox will always have a special place in my heart, but obviously right now I'm all in with this Yankees, and I couldn't be happier with with the position I'm in in this organization. We're a first-class organization, and um, I love everything about it and how we go about things here in the Yankees organization. Burt touched off for his seventh home run of the season with the Riverdogs on Saturday night. He struggled to open the campaign, going just 12 for his first 69 to open the season between two levels before being reassigned to extended spring training, where he got some feedback on his batting stance from a rehabbing big leaguer that clicked. When I went back extended spring, I actually got to hit with Troy Tulo for like 40 minutes, me and him in the cage, and he kind of just told me about you know, my, my posture, and, you know, I was kind of diving at balls, and when he said that, it kind of just clicked for me, and I just have been really trying to uh, have really good posture, and um, that's helped me see the ball really well, and then when I'm seeing the ball well, it's, I can take good uh, hacks at some balls, so... After not hitting a home run in 56 games in his pro debut last year and never collecting more than four in a single season in college, the North Andover Massachusetts native has eight on the season between the Riverdogs and the Tarpons. With this look at the Riverdogs, I'm Matt Dean. With the Tampa Tarpons, I'm Nick Flamia. On Wednesday night at Jackie Robinson Ballpark, right-hander Gio Orozco made his best start since being promoted from single-A Charleston. After yielding a pair of runs on three hits in the first inning, Orozco held the Daytona Tortuga scoreless on just two hits and a walk through the next six frames, tallying seven strikeouts in his first quality start since May 20th. The 21-year-old was quick to credit his battery mate and former high school teammate Donnie Sands. I made an adjustment after the um, after the first inning. I was getting ahead of guys um, going 0-1 instead of 1-0. Um, that made a big difference in just attacking the zone and stuff and pretty much just um, following Donnie with the signs and we were um, our heads were together you know the whole time. Orozco and Sands both graduated from South Point Catholic High School in Tucson, Arizona in 2015. That year the Yankees chose Sands in the eighth round while Seattle picked Orozco in the 14th. New York later converted Sands from third baseman to catcher and acquired Orozco as part of a trade in 2016. Sands first caught Orozco while with the River Dogs in 2017. After the pair spent 2018 apart, they were reunited this year when Orozco was promoted to Tampa on June 2nd. It's awesome, it's awesome because, you know, we've been uh, playing together for a while and it's just good to have uh, somebody that, you know, knows you and know, knows what you're thinking, especially um, him behind the dish, so that helps out a lot. Already armed with a low to mid-90s fastball, a sharp breaking curve, and a solid changeup, Orozco revealed a new addition to his arsenal. What I'm working on right now is basically the command of all the pitches and um, holding the ball and my cutter. I started throwing a cutter, so that's a big, um, that's a big like thing that I got to work on. It's going well, um, and then also staying healthy. With the Tarpons, I'm Nick Flamia. With the Trenton Thunder. I'm John Moses. A tough week for the Thunder is coming to an end on Sunday. Trenton has dropped seven in a row, the longest losing streak for them since 2012 as the Thunder head toward the Eastern League All-Star break, which will commence down in Richmond, Virginia, home of the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Five Thunder players are headed to the Eastern League All-Star Classic. Infielder Chris Gittens, Hoy Park, outfielder Ben Ruda, right-hander Daniel Alvarez, and left-hander Trevor Lane. Gittens hit his 14th home run of the season last night in a 7-6 defeat to the Hartford Yard Goats. The team leader in home runs ranks second in the league with 51 runs batted in this season. 
Ruta, who has been solid in the middle of the Thunder order the entire season, is batting 285 and is tied for third in the Eastern League with 18 stolen bases. Hoy Park at the top of the order is hitting 291 and ranks second in the league with five triples, tied with Ben Ruta. Daniel Alvarez has been as solid as they come in the ninth inning this year, a 292 ERA in 29 appearances, and the sixth highest total with 10 saves on the season. And left-hander Trevor Lane has been one of the most trusted members of manager Patrick Osborne's bullpen, a 1.54 earned run average in 27 appearances. With the Trenton Thunder, I'm John Moses. With this look at the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. One week ago, Kyle Higashioka was with the New York Yankees for the London series. The Yankees took four players from scranton Wilkesbury. Kyle Higashioka was the only player taken from the Rail Riders that didn't see action. Higgy, however, was still a part of all of the festivities. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, you know, from the from the minute we arrived, it was you, you could tell it was a it was a huge deal. Major League Baseball and the Yankees did a good job putting everything together, and you know the facilities were great. the The city's great. You know, we had a great time. More or less, I was a part of the team. I did everything as I would normally if I was on the active roster. I just knew that I wasn't going to play, but I was still in the dugout, went to the bullpen, caught some bullpens during the game, so uh, it, was, it was good. The AAA All-Star catcher had his wife, Elise, with him on the trip and, of course, used some of the downtime to do the touristy thing. My wife and I, we uh, took a river cruise, sightseeing river cruise, and then also went on the London Eye, which is the big Ferris wheel, so we got to see kind of the overhead views of the city. Checked out Buckingham Palace, so that was cool. Over the weekend, of course, they had the opportunity to do those things, but they also had the chance to do things that very few people get to do, meet the royal family. It was awesome getting to meet the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. It was, it was awesome, so um, just a really cool experience. Who knows if that will ever happen again in my lifetime, but, you know, it was, it was really cool. AAA All-Star break starts tomorrow. Mike Ford, Ryan McBroom, J.P. Fireisen, and Kyle Higashioka representing the Rail Riders in El Paso this coming week. With Scranton Wilkesbury, I'm Adam Marco. Big thanks to those guys for getting their reports into us this week, and thanks to our three guests as well, Kyle Higashioka, Ben Heller, and Jonathan Holder for taking some time out of their game day routines to join us on the radio pregame show. If you want to listen to any scranton Wilkesbury radio broadcast, you can do exactly that. Pregame coverage begins 30 minutes before first pitch. You can catch it all on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. Adam Marco on the call, myself on the call, Adam Giardino. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening. We hope you tune into some radio broadcast as Rail Riders Baseball kicks back up on Thursday, July 11th. And if not, we'll talk to you again next week right here on A Call Away.